Against all odds, you have landed here at the Foxfire Farmhouse again for yet another episode of your favorite podcast in the podcast world. Indeed you have. I'm Josh. I'm Elijah. Elijah. <laughs> oh, camera's over here. Okay, camera, uh, hi there. Camera right. yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you. Yeah. Glad you've made it once again. Yeah, I was just uh, having to grapple with my, my hat because I this is like... I don't know. Do you think about like what you wear before you get on the podcast? Not really. I just don't no. assume people watch it. Yeah. Well, I assume people listen to it. For those who listen. Yep. I try to wear the same hat every time. That's I've been that trying is true. to. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. A little Dodgers, Dodgers yeah. fan action here. Check out the YouTube just to see yeah. Elijah's hat. It's gorgeous. I wear it to work, so it's going to get dirtier over the nice <laughs> over the <laughs> over season. The of time. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, it's just going to be like. A piece of blue thread That's that I wear awesome. on my head. Nice. So yeah. we're here again uh, with each other to talk about all things storytelling and digital media. If this is your first time on the podcast, thank you for joining us. And we'd love to hear how you found out about us. But we're glad you're here. Yeah. We talk about storytelling and digital media often, most of the time, having to do with movies. The cornucopia of digital media. Yes. That and is so we, we are here to talk about movies again today once again yep so that's what that's what we do and to kick that off we are going to talk about some movie news things that are happening in the movie world breaking news netflix is about to die dun 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 of course that's not really true netflix is a powerhouse in the streaming industry they can get smaller they can, and they have. In yes. fact, they had they posted one of their, in fact, their biggest loss. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was their only. It's their only time they've posted a loss. Yeah. In the last, in the time of their existence, basically. So, yeah. And it was, and it was not just a loss. It was a massive loss, compared. To, I think it was almost two billion dollars worth of stock value. Yeah. Overnight, it was almost thirty five percent drop in stock price. I mean, it was it was really steep. Plummet. Responding to a loss of subscribers that they've had. And we've talked about some of their losses in the past. Yep. And this loss was fresh off of the presses, I think, one of in the previous time we talked about movie news. Yeah. But I came across an article on Vulture magazine that was shared on Twitter that was really fascinating talking about it. And so I just wanted to bring it up again to just, you know, yeah. talk about uh, Netflix and streaming since this is kind of our thing. So The implications. Yeah. One of the most interesting implications I saw, uh, drawn out from the author of this article, and I should have looked up, should have written down the name of the author. But you can go check it out. Search for Netflix. No names. Losses. No names. Unknown. No bylines. No hang credit. On, hang on, we can, we can. I can pull it up here in just a second, so that you actually okay. have credit, Mister. Audience doesn't or need Mrs. it. Mrs. Tom. I don't know. Mrs. Tom. Mrs. Tom. <laughs> I miss it. <laughs> don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe she would prefer me not even to list her name. Yes, then it would, uh, just just Tom. Yeah, just, just Tom. That'll work. Just Tom. Doesn't so like pronouns like that. Joseph Adalian. Adalian. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm sorry about that, Ooh. Joseph. But interesting. Yeah. So he he wrote this article on Vulture talking about uh, Netflix's bad habits have caught up with it. Yep. And what he said, one of the things he said, was that Netflix has been pouring tons of money into new content and they've been able to uh, justify the the crazy spending on the basis of continued subscriber gains so apparently just uh, at the end of last year 
the CEO of Netflix, was saying that they were on track to hit, I, I think they had 222 million subscribers, mm-hmm. and they were said they were on track to hit half a billion by the end of the year, or that that's what they're by the end of 2022. That was their target. Yeah. Of course, now they've they've adjusted what they've been saying, and they're saying that they're looking at uh, losing even more the next three months before they start to see gains. But uh, Netflix, apparently, according to the author, has been saying has been talking of this virtuous cycle that you dump the money into the production, and the more money you dump into production, the more things you've got in the pipeline, the more interested people are to come on, and yeah. you get more and more subscribers, and basically the in, the increased growth that's going to result from dumping all this money there is going to counterbalance the spending. Yeah, but that's not happening, mm-hmm. and like we talked about last time, there's several reasons why that's happening, yeah. why that's not happening. But then what he said is interesting. Another thing he said that was very interesting is that uh, now that they are hitting these losses, Netflix can't pivot for like three years. Nope. It's insane. I mean, because the production schedule of these things are so long. They can't pivot in a major way. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be, the stuff that's coming out this year is stuff that was worked on two or three years ago and started production. Uh, The stuff that is going to come out next year is already in the in the can, like too far gone to stop it and pivot and change it. Yeah, and so year three is the best chance they have at starting to move, and even then, it's that's still a stretch. Yeah, so they're such a behemoth that they really can't pivot much. Yeah, and uh, I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got to think about like the fact that like the way that they operate is that they're maintaining the license for all of these these movies. And they have a scheduled out so far because I mean you're going up like you you can see a nice a nice gradient you can see the path that it's heading, but nobody saw the twenty was it when did COVID start again twenty twenty yeah yeah that horrible year <laughs> it just the year of death it ruined everybody's timeline for everything yeah uh, they didn't see that coming and nobody did and they didn't see all of their competitors really making headway like they yeah. did. They did because they were they were on top, and I think in in some way, in a lot of ways they are they're the OG. But I think other like Disney Plus, I think is another. I think one of their major competitors and HBO Max are like yep. up there. Well, Amazon Prime as well, right? Like those are the three trying to take on the big boy at the play park. Yep. So yeah, and we'll see how they're. We'll see how that competition plays out and who wins. They might all lose. I, I was going to say it's kind of the it's the sort of thing that maybe. Everyone is, might just lose. So is streaming is it the future? I say yes. Yeah. But I don't know that it is the future. Yeah. In other words, it's like the people who said books are the future or TV is the future or radio is the yeah. future. Uh all of those things still exist today. Yep. <laughs> and they still <laughs> exist together. Yeah. It's just what is the overall ecosystem going to look like? Yeah. I think that's what we're still waiting on. For sure. Yeah. One of the implications of this that I think are really fascinating and that I hope to in my lifetime capitalize on, I say in my lifetime, I need to capitalize on it soon if I'm going to do it, Yeah, is just that uh, for people who want to make to, who want to make movies and be involved in just making them, one of the big things that they don't want to do or that is not the, it's not the stereotype that people think of when they think of I want to be a film director, Yeah, right? They, when they think of film directing, they're thinking of you're on set with a camera, with yeah. a crew and a... Uh, you know, sweet cast of characters, right? That that's yeah. what you picture making mm-hmm. movies, or you could picture, I guess, the editing and the kind of back end. Yeah. Work. But the, you're picturing production. Mm-hmm. But 
if your movie's going to make money, if you're going to have the money for the production, yeah. you have to have some distribution plan. There's a lot of business stuff that goes on in making a movie. Every film, if it's not done by a studio, is often its own business. They file an LLC for that film. Yeah. And so, uh, though that's the kind of thing that you don't want to think about, it's the kind of thing you have to think about. Yeah. And for people who are interested in making stuff, there is an awesome opportunity right now to get something made. If you can figure out how to get it made, financed and taken care of, where you have a product at the end of it, and you can take it to a streaming service yeah. and say, hey, here, I have a package ready for you to license. Mm-hmm. And I, especially if you have a built-in audience, right? Like if you've built up an audience over the course of producing it, where you say, okay, we have 20,000 people who are following us, you mm-hmm. know, who are a member of our Discord or a yeah. member who are follow like our page on Facebook or, or whatever. Most likely count on to subscribe to watch this. Right. People who are going to be involved. And I don't know how much, you know, you could even say, here's the person, we've polled them and here's the percentage that already are subscribed, but there's a big percentage that aren't. Yeah. Would you want to have our product, especially if it's a young and upcoming streamer, because right now it's the uh, wild west of streaming. Yep. So you've got Paramount on the, you know, on the field, you've got uh, Apple TV, everybody have everything down to Canon plus like, I mean, yeah, yeah, Canon, exactly. Canon even right. has one. <laughs> yeah. So, like, so everybody is launching streaming yeah. services and they're all looking for content because, and they have money to invest because they have a bigger platform of yeah. other things. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're, they want to get more people involved because the more people, let's say you bring 20,000, I mean, this is just business sense. And I know this yeah. kind of stuff to some people is like, duh, but to some people, especially filmmakers or yeah. young aspiring filmmakers, not thinking through this business side can be the death of them ever getting anything yeah. out. Mm-hmm. So you take something to Canon plus for instance mm-hmm. and say, Hey, I've got this series. Well, if you've got a built in audience of 20,000 people yeah. and now 20,000 people are going to be exposed to Canon plus and they've got to get on the Canon plus app. Well then those kind of people who would come to your film, if it's in the genre or the vein of what Canon plus would want, yeah. then like they're going to say, okay, these people are probably going to watch our other offerings and they're probably going to end up buying our books and they might end up, you know, subscribing to this yep. or that. Like, and so then for them, it's not just a matter of how many people buy the tickets, yeah. right? It's, it's like a bigger, it's question. building like a, like a synergy, like a, a it's Amazon a prime snowball, man. man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazon has its fingers in every pie. Exactly. All the pies, all There's, the pies. What pie do they not have their fingers in? Blackberry. I don't know. They probably have their fingers in black. Yeah, probably. They probably bought it. I don't know. <laughs> they have the copyrights to Blackberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just you like can't, the fruit you can't, itself. You can't uh, grow it. It's without. Amazon Berry now. <laughs> Alexa Berries. <laughs> Alexa, give me a Blackberry. <laughs> Alexa, do you plans. mean Amazon Berry? <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry, that, Alexa. That one. That's what I was talking about. Yes. <laughs> yep. So yeah. So it's just really interesting. It's a really interesting time for filmmakers yeah. and people who are producers right now because if you can get stuff out there. There are a lot of people who want content, yeah. and so go make it. Yeah. Figure out ways to do it cheap. You want to get in there before, like the before they figure out the formula. You know, yeah. Like we were talking about, like before they the like actually like have their people. Like, oh, they already have a list. It's already full up. Yeah, the guest list isn't full. Like, no. Yeah, you so can you can show up get to out the party. There. So yeah. so go there. things well we have been gone we uh, last week it was just me flying solo without yep. a wingman as i like to say yep. after watching top gun be my wingman anytime <laughs> <laughs> we uh so we weren't able to talk about anything that was cool that we've been uh finding cool in the world so yeah in the uh in the interim while you've been 
while you've been gone and I've been gone, what's been what's been cool? Oh, dude, so many cool things. Uh, a big arc that stays consistent always is my love of music and listening uh, to music, yeah. creating playlists all day, every day uh, for different moods and different things. But I love creating playlists for what I like to write um, and for characters and things like that. So like when I'm doing D&D, I have playlists for each of my characters, like each of the players most of the times have their own playlists. Each of the major bad guys or good guys, that way I can I can listen to it and I can get in that mode and I can think kind of like this is what they would listen to or yeah. this is a moment that I want them to have like because that's my favorite thing in any movie or any TV show is when it's set to music and it's set very well. Uh, like like in Stranger Things, for those who've seen it, <laughs> Josh has not seen it yet. Not yet, no. So don't don't drop any spoilers. Yeah. Anyway, there's a cool there's a really cool moment in that. Or you can just think of like John Wick when like the the club music's like oh, going. Yeah. And he's just like tactical reloading to the beat and or an have Edgar you, Wright have movie. Have you watched? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. have you, if you watch Baby Driver. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I love Baby Driver so much. Yeah. Uh, but no. Your alley. I uh, I've been working on a playlist for that Samson movie that we decided to. Uh, cast a little while ago and we've done a little bit more work in our in our mind palaces on how that story would uh kind of hammer out and uh yeah so i made a, a sick playlist with some cool artists on there uh not necessarily things that like you would think for a bible epic i didn't put like the 300 soundtrack on there or anything like that i put things like uh the beastie boys is on there for sabotage is like the opening song and then you got like um the who's on there for like behind blue eyes for like capping the end of it and just a, a just an assortment of other uh other little songs throughout there I, I could i can get in the list of it but yeah yeah it's, it's awesome like i i picture pitch meetings in you know studio executives offices yeah as in boardrooms as being like you show up with a <clears throat> projector and you've got like all the images from other movies or photographs from people that you're like, these are kind of the moods I yeah. want to evoke, right? Uh, but I have never pictured like music as a part of something like that. But that's when, how I pitch everything. When you <laughs> explain Samson, while you're like, okay, I've got a, I've got a plot for Samson and how to like write it, and you're walking me through it and playing the music, I'm like, I'm on board. Let's do this. Yeah, like, it was so so awesome. That's good. I'm like, man, we need a any movie pitch needs to include music. Like yeah. that, it just does something that sets the mood better than like images can. Yeah. That it just, yeah, it's here, good. It's here's, awesome. Here's a, here's a little exercise. So listen to, uh, reach out. I'll be there by the four tops. It, it's like, it's a soul kind of like okay. soul song with like the, those, that seventies time frame. and imagine a, uh, a wizard riding across a battlefield and uh, riding with like uh, intent to try to make it to a kingdom, and uh, out of nowhere, a blue dragon appears, and he gets into a really cool battle with him, and then you get a title screen. So hopefully, if you listen to that and you hear like you think of that, those two will fit together. That's awesome. It, but you just wouldn't think it. But that's what happens Sweet. in my head, that's and amazing. it's really weird. But it, I love insight it. Insight <laughs> into Elijah's head through yeah. the years. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But what have you been finding cool? So I wanted to recommend a book that I read. This kind of goes in line with this whole Netflix thing we were just talking about. It's called Film Trepreneur by Alex. Oh, forgot the name of a guy. Film Trepreneur. Film Trepreneur, like entrepreneur, but ah, combined with film. I was like, are you mispronouncing noir? No. Like, <laughs> Neur. So he has 
a uh, entire website. Alex yeah. Ferrari, that's his name. Ooh, that's and a cool he has name. A, yeah, that's a pretty sweet name, isn't it? It's he's a got name. a lot of uh, in, he's got a lot of experience making movies. Yeah, on his own as like low budget. I mean, think uh, Robert Rodriguez style movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like low end, yeah. but like crazy like, uh, high stuff. Yeah. He has a, a book that he wrote called Shooting for the Mob, and he was making this movie and ended up actually getting involved in the mob accidentally in making this movie. And And I haven't read that book, but the stories that he told in his book, Film Entrepreneur, Film Entrepreneur that apparently were part of that book, were just bonkers level stuff that happened in oh, wow. trying to make this film. Just really, <laughs> is he related really to making the uh, the Sopranos? Is that is that it? No, it wasn't that. It was it was his own. He I think he was making his own thing. So here here's the, actually here's the uh, what uh, a bipolar gangster, a naive young filmmaker, and Batman. What could go wrong? Alex Ferrari is a first time film director who just got hired to direct a twenty million dollar feature film. The only problem is the film is about Jimmy and ego mania egomaniacal gangster who wants the film to be about his life in the mob from the backwater towns of Louisiana to Hollywood Hills. Alex has taken on a crazy misadventure through the world of the mafia and Hollywood, huge movie stars, billion dollar procedure, studio heads. And of course, a few gangsters pop up in this unbelievable journey down the rabbit hole of chasing your dream. Uh, so anyway, that's the, that's the story, true story about his experience filming Dang. with the mob basically. So really interesting, <laughs> but the film entrepreneur book is really yeah. fascinating. And he's got, he's got a website, I forget now the name of that, and maybe I could see a link to that somewhere here. But he's got a whole website that yeah. is about filmmaking, and you can subscribe to it very similar to like you can subscribe to Netflix. Yeah. But it's more of just behind the scenes interviews with filmmakers, things like that that can be help, helpful That's to filmmakers. Cool. In the film entrepreneur, though, he talks about that side we were just mentioning how to do business, yeah. how to get your movie to be profitable, how to think through what you can do with your movie to help it make you money. Yeah. And while I don't think that the filmmaker or the anyone for that matter should have money as their aim in terms of like all I'm about is profit. A company though, like exists for profit. So it's, it's, you know, so there's, there's that, that give and take, Mm -hmm. but the, the, if your aim is to make movies, you have to have money. Mm -hmm. And if you participate in an economy and don't do it as a charity, Mm -hmm. then you should expect that if I have a good movie, that people are going to come to see it. Yeah. And if I give you something worth having, which is this, it goes back to an idea of from, uh, from that I at least heard about from a book called Wealth and Power mm-hmm. by uh, George Gilder, that the capitalism or, or, or economy, while it seems selfish, it st- always starts with gift. Mm-hmm. It always starts with someone making something for others mm-hmm. that they think they need but that is not always a guarantee, right? Like, so yeah. it's saying, <clears throat> I'm going to make this thing and I believe that it's valuable yeah, and has value in the world. And so I'm going to make it and I'm going to hope you come and buy the tickets and watch my movie, right? And yeah. then it is valuable enough that you come back or that you tell other people and then it grows, right? Yeah. And then, uh, then for the business people, there's investors who... Yep are saying, I believe in this person, that that person is going to create something amazing and I want to be a part of that. And so they invest on the front end, you know, and then it just, that's how the economy works is someone is putting something up, believing that the thing they're putting the money for is valuable and is going to give them some kind of return. And even as a consumer, when I go and buy a camera or when I go and buy a piece of equipment for the podcast, I'm buying it with the idea that that's going to be valuable, you know? And so it's just thinking through the business aspect of filmmaking. So it's a really interesting, really interesting book. Uh, Worth people's time, I think. It's legit. And now, our feature presentation.
So this week, we are going to have a stream of consciousness episode. We are only here to just chat. Just a chat. Digital therapy mm-hmm. for free. You don't even have to pay for this, guys. Nope. You can just sit in and listen. Just lay down on a couch. Yep. And listen. Plug in the earpods. Answer some questions maybe out loud. Yeah. Tell us. Might be weird to those around you, but <laughs> it'd be fun. <laughs> Be fun for us. Tell us the story. Tell us <laughs> what happens. It makes me think of uh, Big Hero Six, one of my favorite. Like, uh, I don't have a lot of favorites, but one of a great, a great Disney film, where uh, <laughs> Fred is this one character in it, and he uh, he's the grandson of Stanley, basically in the movie. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And so Big he's Hero like Six. talking about all the things he wants to make, yeah. you know, all the different inventions. And he's like, "How about an invisible sandwich?" Imagine you're just eating your lunch and everyone else thinks you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. That's what I see is just yeah. you sitting on your couch yeah. answering questions and everyone's just thinking you're wild. What was the last thing that you ate? Hmm. That's cool. Interesting. Can you say it louder? <laughs> I didn't hear you. Scream you so your neighbor hears you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, we are going to talk just randomly about film stuff. So we, yeah. uh, what's been going on in your mind, filmmaking-wise? What have you been thinking about movies? What's, uh, what's oh, happening? Man. Uh, filmmaking-wise, uh, I've been thinking, because we've been talking about kind of what we talked about for that whole Netflix thing outside of the show, uh, just kind of about how to jump into that space of... Uh, of filmmaking uh, I know that I mean recently I got a new laptop and doing some editing which has been really nice. cool I love it really rewarding sweet work um, and so that's been really enjoyable um, and then just from a, a story point of view just trying to hammer out some details on some stories that I really uh, think that could be achievable um, and that's that's just been the biggest thing is transitioning my my projects in my head which I have so many and so many in process of, of about to spit out into the main floor, the main forum yeah, of yeah. my brain uh, is just kind of figuring out how like the filter of, is it something that that can be made? Um, yeah. And then right. kind of pushing everything through the Play-Doh mold of that. Uh, it's kind of where my head's at. So I've been nice. thinking about like a Christian horror movie has kind of been where my, my head's been at. Nice. Uh, even though I don't like horror movies that much. Um, I think it would be pretty cool. I like them. I like the idea. Yeah, of them. and I watch. I've watched a lot of scary yeah. things, but uh, yeah, I that's think cool. that's where my my head's been lately. Nice. What about you? Yeah. Uh, in terms of filmmaking, I don't know that uh, I've had a whole lot of thoughts at the moment. It's been pretty busy on other things, but yeah. uh, the the Netflix idea, or just the opportunity that sits that I feel like sits in front of people like us. Yeah. In terms of if we make it, you know, if you build it, they will come. And it feels like right now, and maybe I'm misreading the situation, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's the kind of thing that if you have something that's quality, right? Yeah. Like, and that's a big, that's a big if, but if you have something that's quality, that there's uh, there's a market for it. Now, that's where you have to play the business, the business game, yep. right? To make something that people want to buy. But right now it feels like they want to buy everything. Mm-hmm. Or at least they, they, they're desperately looking for content. So if you can yeah. check their boxes, you're done. Now, you've got you've to check their boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's made me think, okay, I have that, oppor- that opportunity is on the table. Uh, what should I be doing with it? And how can I you know, capitalize on that opportunity right now with yeah. the time that I have in terms of just, just sheer time throughout the week to be able to get stuff done? So uh, 
one of the things I remember back when I was uh, several years ago back in Oklahoma, I wanted to make a movie and was or a short film and began reading about uh, how how do people were making short films. I started looking online, watching behind the scenes of short films that had been made, uh, just kind of learning everything that I could, trying to get ideas. And one of the people said something that I think made a lot of sense, just like you referenced a second ago, like what can be made. Mm-hmm. And they said, what props do you have? What people do you have access to? Don't try to write the film and then try to figure out how to get it made. Yeah. Like when you're this, when you're starting here, don't do that. Mm-hmm. There's a, a game designer I follow who uh, has had a lot of success in indie games. And he made his first game and it ended up getting uh, released on, on uh, Steam and eventually on the Nintendo Switch. And his last game got picked up by Apple Arcade, and he's got several. So he's done really well. Yeah. <clears throat> but what he talks about is how, when he began, he wanted to make a AAA game, but what he ended up having to pivot to is realizing I can't make a AAA game, yeah. but I can make a 2D platformer, and I can make it really pretty. That's what I'm good at because he was a, d- a graphic designer. Okay. To start with, and he's like, "That's what I'm good at. I'm going to lean into my strengths. We're going to get that done." And it ended up looking awesome, and it was a great story. Yeah. Really fascinating, <clears throat> and. Wonderful. Like what it was, it what was games cool. does he make? Uh, the first one is called Pinstripe, mm-hmm. and it's just a 2D platformer game about a dad who's lost his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's weird and quirky and fantastical and, yeah. you know, kind of dark and just, I, I love it. Yeah. And then there, the second one was called uh, ne- uh, Never Song, and mm-hmm. it's about this uh, kid who's kind of, all the, all the adults are gone, and mm-hmm. there's this dreamscape, and it's like, He's been lost, and you're trying to figure out where he is and what he's what he's doing. It's like he's an amnesiac, mm-hmm. and so he ends up trying to find his sister, I believe. Uh, and then he's got another one coming out calling called Father, which mm-hmm. is a uh, is going to be a 3D shooter game in va- in the vein of like Resident Evil or that kind of style. That is uh, a three so a 3D shooter and about a dad whose daughter went off to college and has been like taken, and so he's going to get her. Like this is interesting. Liam Neeson. Yeah, goes to boarding school, right? Like, like yeah. that's kind of the, the thing. So like, uh, a lot of father type, um, games, games about yeah. fatherhood and, uh, family and things like that. So that's really, cool. really interesting themes. Yeah. But he made, but he made that kind of stuff just leaning in to start with to mm-hmm. what he was good at. So I wrote a short film about, I, I had a kayak and we had a canoe. I had a kayak. My brother had a canoe. I'm like, what can we do with these things? And we worked on what we could do with them. And I wrote a short film. And I was starting to think through how to how to shoot it. Never got anywhere close to shooting it, and just left it sit for a little while. And then my brother left, and I didn't have a canoe, so yeah, <laughs> it was done. And then it just went in the drawer. But it's that kind of thing that like, what what do we have around us now? What do we have access to? What are the kind of the things we could do? Uh, what could we make? You know, that's that's the kind of I guess questions that then are on the table. And where are the places that we can? Where are our strengths? Yeah, in terms of production. And so if that's where we can shine, let's like really shine a light and lean into the things that we're really good at. Mm-hmm. Make something that in those moments feels amazing and then let everything else that we're not so good at kind of fade into the background a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> and just, you know, hope that everything works, that the whole package is good enough that then that attracts other people who can fill in the gaps where <laughs> there's weaknesses. Yeah. You know, in terms of like thinking of trying to build a filmmaking career and make make stuff, that's one of the things. Uh, the other thing that I that I think of a lot is just uh, how do I practice the craft on a regular basis mm-hmm. when you're not making movies? Yeah. I I think one of the interesting things about that is like, is looking at like, for one, like it's always like the go make the thing and go learn. Um, like 
and understanding like we're looking at well, like and this just comes from like the Christian worldview too is just understanding like that every every day counts every every second counts and ultimately there's things that are that are are worth investing in that are that have eternal value um and that uh every action has 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 meaning to it yeah and so that's one of the one of the cool things about like just living life and doing the things that we're called to do is naturally we're picking things up as we're going naturally we're picking up more right, ideas right. more 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 things that, that go into our brain especially for the storyteller um i think doug wilson talked about it like living living that life that's worth telling a story about makes you a better writer um and just kind of like even if we are gonna make a make a movie or something or if we do something like that, just seeing that it might not be the greatest, but like that there's so much learning that happens in those experiences. Absolutely. Like, yeah. like, uh, I was just thinking it'd be a really good idea to do a radio play, uh, for something, uh, an idea that, that we had. Or, That'd be awesome. Yeah. And that would be really yeah, cool. Right. And that would really help you with sound work, writing, help you with editing. And once yeah. again, writing, That's true. voice acting, being able to, to schedule things out, being able to find actors, being able to, to figure out a way to publish it. So already, like just doing something like that, where you where you go, you know what? I can't, I can't animate this. I can't right. shoot this. Yeah. I don't have the the people to do this. But what I do have is I do have a voice. I have people who yeah. have voices. Right. I can maybe only do That's one really voice, but I know people who can do a bunch of voices. Like we can, yeah, we can right. actually do this. Like, what do I need to do to like like personally do this? Right. Um, yeah. yeah. That's really, was, that's really fascinating. That's a great idea because yeah, that's it's one of those ways that uh, I was talking to you just the other day about yeah. Christopher Nolan. And one of uh-huh. his choices on one of his first movies, his first feature film that he did, one of his choices was uh, to not shoot in color. He could take color film stock or yeah. black and white. And he chose black and white because that eliminates one problem point. When you have black and white, all you've got to yep. think of is contrast mm-hmm. and shape of light and direction of light, that kind of thing. But when you have color, now you've got to think of film temperature or color temperature, the light bulb temperatures. You've got a lot of other things to start thinking about, a lot of other decisions to make. And he just, just said, I'm going to take that off the table and I'm going to make you know this movie in this way. Yeah. And, uh, and that ultimately helps him focus in on the other things that he's better at. Yeah. And so a radio play, mm-hmm. you know. If you're, if you're a good writer, it's perfect. The writing got, will stand out. You've got the writing, and as long as you're thinking through the whole production, and like, okay, I don't have to say this or have a you know have that uh, described anywhere by a character. I can just have a sound that yeah. indicates where you are, right? Like you hear hammer on tin, yeah, and you hear the the loud whir of a grinder, mm-hmm. right? Like already, even me describing that verbally, yeah, you've got a picture in your head of what you're thinking. Now we all might be thinking something different, but if the aim is to have people thinking of you know, they're the context, they're going to a train yard, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Then someone's working or it's an iron mill or, you, you know. Yeah. I mean, suddenly things start coming into people's heads and you can let people's imaginations fill in those gaps. Exactly. Like I was listening to the Deacons podcast and he, he was interviewing the guys who did the lighthouse. Um, and oh, did yeah. Roger Eggers and uh, whatever the other guy's name is. I forget the other one. Yeah. I'll pull it up while you his D The DP and the director. And uh, they were just talking about the fact that, like, where they came from. And the, one of them came from stage, I believe. And because he came from stage, and then the way uh, he had a really good hand and a lot of practice in uh, the art department and, and practical effects and how to do all these things. And so naturally, you can see that is, like, the highlight of his movies. Yeah. It's just the practicals look so good because he's, he's so well-practiced in that. Same thing for the DP. 
like he's just really good at, at doing photography and really good at, at doing uh yeah. just Blask, i think i don't know how to pronounce the last name or the first name for that matter yeah but i think it's yarn it's j but i but it's uh is it sounds Jaren? scandinavian yeah like norwegian probably or yarn <coughs> yeah jays usually have the yeah yeah uh but yeah and yeah, like yeah, the director exactly. of catching fire and the rest of the the hunger games movies those movies have their own pitfalls but they look pretty good yeah and that's because right. the director is actually a photographer on the outside and he has an eye for lighting like because and i was i was watching the behind the scenes on it and the dp said they really loved the director because he knew when to film things and when he couldn't film things and it would look terrible so he would plan his schedule around the movement of the sun and the weather so that way it would be a consistent visual right, film yeah. so like if you're doing that sound play that audio play like and that's all you can do and you're just pushing at it and you're just pumping out product right naturally if you if you take those ideas and you go into you have the full production you have video you have sound your sound's going to be on point yeah and exactly. that's and that'll exactly. be a signature in in your uh right and your quality and i know a lot of uh, a lot of filmmakers who talk about who i've followed who talk about their short films they view their short films as uh opportunities as kind of a master class in a specific yeah. skill set mm -hmm. so uh there is a there actually there's a short film or not it's not a short film a feature film on amazon prime called the vast of the night and it mm -hmm. is a fantastic movie I, uh yeah, you mentioned this one yeah it, it's so the dialogue is so snappy yeah. like it's it's tarantino-esque not in its not i mean it's tarantino-esque it's skill set sounding. it's very natural sounding but it's so snappy. So it's like heightened realism, you know, mm -hmm. in the term that all, all, all dialogue really yeah. is. But it's so snappy and the it's all a one-shot movie and it has that uh, feel of like an old-timey... It's not a one-shot movie. It has very long takes, I yeah. should say. Like 10-minute takes. And it's a, a very like classic science fiction movie. It feels like uh, War of the Worlds, the original one, or the... Mm -hmm. uh, like time machine or like it's stuff like yeah. that. Like it's it's just really interesting. But the but the guy talked about how he and his friends would had a mo had he had one time in his life where he's like I'm going to learn dialogue and he mm -hmm. sat down and he would write dialogue scenes and they'd perform them and yeah. see what they were like and then he kept honing in on that one thing and then he moved on to some other thing and due to commercial work that they were doing for as a production company yeah. they got really good at camera work and like mm -hmm. some of the long take stuff that they had practiced there so then they just combined all their skills and came together you know and that's what they made mm -hmm. and yeah so i think that that's that kind of thing would be a really cool place to start so maybe maybe in a future episode of Foxfire Farmhouse will debut a radio play yeah. that we've worked on because that would be, be really, really cool. that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. There are uh, man. When it comes to storytelling and digital media, there are so many ways that the story can come alive. Yep. And I that's one of the things that just really excites me about the about the potential of yeah. digital media and things yeah. like this. The key is just being creative and practicing being creative. Yeah. Like it, it won't it won't not pay. Like it, yeah. it'll, it'll flow into the next thing. It's just, it's just a learning experience. And you just don't always know how it's going to flow yeah. in either. It's kind of, it's one of those things that by faith you have to just mm -hmm. do it and do something well. Yeah. Enjoy it and Make trust that there is something that you can do with it. That's why you that. can't be looking at it for money. You just got to look at it for yeah. making something. That the you love want. of the thing itself. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make something beautiful. Make something true. Exactly. Well, this has been Foxfire Farmhouse. We're glad you've stuck around here for us to talk about filmmaking. This has been a lot of fun and uh, we will be with you in future weeks. If you have questions or comments or things, ideas for the podcast, Josh 
at foxfirefarmhouse.com. Podcast at foxfirefarmhouse.com. Don't send it to Josh. Thanks, guys. Bye.